Praise God. Amen. You ready for the word? Yes. Psalms chapter 27. Uh, pastor brings the meat every Sunday. Aren't you thankful for that? For a pastor that brings the meat of God's word to you. Amen. Something that you can feed on and chew on during the week. Now I'm going to bring you some dessert. Does anybody like dessert? Yes. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And uh, again, y'all are blessed to have Pastor Rick, Pastor Joanne, because, you know, they, they set the example. They have a servant's heart, and I appreciate that about them. You don't find very many pastors standing outside greeting people. They're using their office or in the green room, you know, don't touch the anointing. <laughs> you know, but uh, I appreciate them so much. Amen. Praise God. Psalms 27, verse 7. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Look at somebody and say, you're in good hands. Amen. Not with all state, but with God. Amen. Amen. You're in good hands with God. He'll take care of you. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries. For false witnesses have risen against me, as such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Amen. Praise God. Father, we thank you for this wonderful time, this opportunity, Lord, just to break the bread of life to your people. Lord, none of me and all of you is my prayer today. Thank you for speaking through my, my voice, thinking through my mind. Lord, that you anoint the ears to hear and receive this word today. Lord, may it build faith. May we see you for who you truly are. And stand and wonder in awe of your goodness and your glory today. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I wanted to bring you a uh, hermeneutical, homiletical, theological, philosophical message this morning, but I'm just going to preach the word. <laughs> Is that okay? Praise God. <clears throat> How to trust a good God in bad times. Anybody ever gone through bad times? Anybody going through bad times right now? You see, I would like to tell you this morning that you will never, ever have another problem. You will never experience another bad time in your life. I wish I could tell you and guarantee you that while you walk on planet Earth today, that you will not have any more pain. You'll never suffer another loss. You'll never go through another trial or go through another crisis. As long as you are here and until Jesus comes, your life is going to be perfect. <laughs> I wish I could tell you that, but I can't. Because the reality is, church, we live in a sin-cursed world. Thank Adam for that, right? We have a real enemy, the devil, who comes to steal, to kill, and to do what? Destroy. How I many know he's still alive and well? We have authority and power, but yet he is still able to do his, his work because he's the prince of the power of the air. There are other evil, ungodly men and women who are in positions of power and authority that make choices that affect us all. And most times those choices are bad choices. 
and affect us in a negative way, right? Now, I, I know some of you super hyper-spiritual, you know, praying in tongues, word of faith people say, well, bless God, brother. I ain't having that negative confession in my life. Don't put that on me. But wait a minute. What did Jesus say in John 16, 33? In this world, you will have good times all the time. <laughs> no, he said you have what? Tribulation. Amen. Trials, testings. And so we need to un understand that while we walk in this life, but yet we also know that there's somebody with us. Even though the sufferings of this present world are not worthy to compare with the glory which shall be revealed, right? So there are sufferings. But thank God that in the midst of those bad times, in the midst of those sufferings, I can tell you without reservation, with full assurance and confidence this morning, that no matter how bad it gets, there is a good God, amen, that lives on the inside of you. There is a good God who surrounds you with loving kindness and tender mercies. There is a good God, hallelujah, amen, that is with his people and wants to give you that goodness every day of your life. Hallelujah. Amen. He knows how to turn things around. Tell somebody he can turn it around. He can turn it around. <clears throat> and you know, people mention the book of Job, right? And automatically, when we talk about the book of Job, what comes to your minds? Patience. <laughs> Suffering. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, God allowed Job to go through all those stuff, and he allowed the devil to tear him up and destroy him, and all, you know, we just, all that kind of stuff. But why is it that we never, ever read the end of Job? We always read the first chapter and think, well, that's it. No, there's more to the story. Read the end, just like in Revelation. <laughs> Have you read the end of the book? We win. Hallelujah. We win. <laughs> Job 42 and 12, it says, Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more, somebody say more, more. than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. Verse 16, after this Job lived 140 years, saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. Wow, four generations. Verse 17, so Job died old. Well, yeah, I'm hoping. When I die, I'm going to be old. But full of days. That word full means abundance. Days is just your life that, that's here on earth. So he lived out the rest of his life full of life, abundance. God blessed him. God was good to him. Even through the midst of all that he went through, at the end of the story, we find that God gave him double for his trouble. Amen. Tell somebody, God's going to give you a double for your trouble. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Now, some of you have uh, heard heard my testimony in my story, but some of you haven't. So uh, May 15th of 2020, I got some of the most devastating news that a, a husband can get. Uh, I took my wife to the ER in, in Birmingham, Alabama, because she was displaying some symptoms. Un unlike her, she was very lethargic, very tired all the time, <clears throat> just slept. I mean, just, you know, and 
I, for, I forgot to mention first service that she, she was also going through Karis Extension School in Birmingham at the time. Of course, it was COVID, so they were doing a lot of Zoom meetings, and, but she was still doing her work. And so she got to the point where she just started stumbling and started falling and her words are being slurred and I thought maybe she had a stroke or something, you know. And so uh, I decided to take her, I told her I was going to take her to the ER. And we did, May 15th, around 10 o'clock in the morning. They came out at 5.30 the afternoon. Of course, I couldn't go back with her. I had to stay outside. But said that she had two brain tumors, one in the front lobe, one in the brain stem. And it was called glioblastoma, a very rare form of brain cancer, brain tumor, very aggressive, fast-growing. And so we went to UAB Hospital. They did a biopsy, confirmed what, was, what they knew. Uh, we talked about treatments. We talked about surgery. I said, nope, I am not putting her through that. Um, she had been through enough already. And so, I mean, she was still at herself some, but she really couldn't communicate. She just slept, basically. And... Um, so that was May 15th, June 1st, three weeks later. She's been in the hospital this whole time. Uh, I walk into her room that morning. <clears throat> My mom had been there that evening, uh, spent the night with her, said she had a pretty rough, rough night. And being a hospice chaplain, I kind of knew the symptoms. I, I knew what was going on. She had slipped into a coma. Of course, they, they told me that they, she would do that, but they said it was like three or four months down the road. We had already made arrangements for hospice to come in. We're going to carry her back to the home where she can be with family and friends. <clears throat> but uh, as we sat there and I talked with her and just read scriptures to her and prayed with her, uh, I just had to come to that point where, where I had to release her. It, it was her choice. And so I just knelt down by her bed and got in her ear because, you know, hearing is the last thing that goes. And I said, honey, I love you so much, and I don't want you to go. I said, but I know you've seen heaven. I know you've seen Jesus. And I said, and as much as I want you to stay, you can go. You go on. You be with Jesus. And about 30 minutes later, literally, her chest raises up from the bed. Her mouth opens like something was coming out, and she just floated back down into the bed, and she, she was gone. And I tell, tell people that, you know, it's the only time she ever listened to me, she went home to be with Jesus. So, <laughs> Praise God. But I'm glad that I was able to release her. Now, some people I know say, well, you should have prayed for resurrection. And I thought about that. I did, believe me. But I'm thinking, but wait a minute. <clears throat> she chose to go. You know how hard it is to raise a believer from, from the dead that has seen heaven? Who would want to come back to this mess? Think about it. I mean, heaven is so beautiful and so much bliss and joy and, man, just great. Who wanted to come back here, right? And so she went on to be with Jesus. Now, yes, I, I, I experienced, like, like any husband, I went through this time, time of grief. I cried during the day. I cried at night. And, you know, you look over and the other side of the bed and, you know, she's not there. She was been there for 34 years, but now she's gone, you know. You go through all those things. All those emotions. I'm not saying you don't grieve. You do grieve. You have to do that, that process. But thank God we grieve as those who, who have hope. I said we grieve as those who have hope. Amen. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Woo! Oh, 
Hmm, my Pentecost is showing. I better calm down. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. So how do we trust a good God in bad times? Well, first of all, you need the right perception of the goodness of God. How does your perspective of God's goodness affect your relationship with Him? Will it make you bitter or will it make you better? Huh? Right? Will it, will it make you a, a victim or will it make you a victor? <clears throat> will it make you a worrier or will it make you a worshiper? Your perspective. Will it make you a wimp or make you a warrior? Amen. Your perspective of, of the goodness of God, amen, can affect how you relate to Him. Amen. If you see him as the one who did it, as the one who orchestrated all the tragedy and the crisis in your life, that somehow he's waving this magic wand across you and, and saying, I'm going to put you through this to test you and to see how strong and how faithful you really are. If that's your image of God, then it's going to be hard for you to relate to him in true faith and heart belief. Amen. Exodus 33:18. We find Moses. He asked God, Lord, please show me your glory. And then in verse 19, then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I will have compassion to whom I will have compassion. So what we see here is, is that God, Moses asked God, show me your glory, and God says, okay, I'm going to show you my goodness, but I can't show you all of it. I, and in Exodus 34, it says he, he, he showed him just his backside. I said he just showed him his backside. Why, why did he just show him his backside? Well, one, Moses wasn't able to see the, the, the full face of Jesus. Nobody has and, and can live. Not in his, especially with him because he wasn't even born again. Right? But also, I, I, was, I was also, I'm, I'm thinking about this. God did that to show him, I got your back. I'm going to show you my back because I got your, your back. God showed him this goodness. So goodness is not what he does. Goodness is who he is. You can't separate the two. Amen. We, we don't have a bad God in the Old Testament, a good God in the New Testament. Like some people think God's, you know, schizophrenic. Yeah. No, he's not like that. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. Because God gives every individual in the face of theirs who's ever lived the opportunity to know who he is if God didn't give people that opportunity he wouldn't be a just God God is good and all the time if God stopped being good he would stop being God amen but aren't you glad that you and I we live in this new covenant of grace where, where Jesus comes upon the scene in John 14, 9, he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Praise God. Just look at Jesus. If you want to see who God is and get the right perception, look at Jesus. Matthew 7, 11. If you then, being evil or earthly, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more? Slap somebody and say, how much more? I mean, don't. Be, be easy. How much more? Will your heavenly Father give good things? Somebody say good things. Good things. To those who ask Him. You see, ask is in, and I'll talk about this in a minute, but asking is in a relationship. 
it's not a demanding or, you know, or anything of that nature. It, it's just a simple asking. Amen? Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about making people sick to teach them something. What translation is that? Thank you. The clueless translation. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. All. All who would receive him. All who would believe in him. He, he showed them that. He had compassion on the people. He met their needs. Amen. He ministered them where they were. That's the image of the Father that He wants us to have so we can know how to relate to Him. You see, your perception of God determines how you receive from Him. Not only how you relate to Him, but how you receive from Him. Right? How can you receive from a God that you think is the one who is causing all the bad times in your life? All the suffering, all the heartache, all the loss, all the pain. How can you receive anything from Him? Well, in my experience, what I have found is that a lot of people get offended at God. They get bitter at God. They blame God. Well, if God was good, He, 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 he could have healed them. He could have met my needs or He could have done something. Right? And so we, that image of who we think God is determines how we receive from Him. Psalms 34, 8. It says, Oh, taste and see. That the Lord is good. Blessed is a man who trusts in Him. The word, the, the word taste in the Hebrew means to perceive. Right? And that's our, our mind, to perceive. Our, our concept in our minds. But you see, how you perceive God is determined by the lens through which you view God. Right? So some choose to see God through the eyes of religion. You know, their only image of God is Charles Heston with the Ten Commandments, you know, throwing down the fire and the lightning bolt. That's their image of God, Charles Heston. No, he's an actor. He's not God. All they see is this God of judgment and wrath. Right? That's what religion has portrayed to people, that God is the, the sovereignty of God. You know, besides the, the wonderful revelation of grace that I received from Andrew Walmack Ministries and Karis, but also that doctrine of who God is and the sovereignty of God, man, that changed my perspective. It changed my lens. It changed how I read Scripture. You understand, I found hope. I found peace. I found more joy in my life because now I realize God's not the one. They've, they've been telling me the wrong thing all these years and I've been preaching the wrong thing. God's good. He's not the one that's doing it. And so now I'm able to, to receive from Him. I'm able to, my faith is able to be strengthened, right? You see, some choose to see God through the experiences of life. That's all how, they don't have no word, that, that they don't have a foundation. Right? That they don't come to church to hear good teaching from Pastor Rick. Right? And so all, all they have is what the life experience has given to them. And so they, they interpret the bad times to mean God's not good to me. If God was good, then why? How many of you have heard that before? If God is so good, then why does he allow all this evil and suffering in this world? 
What does he allow little babies to die? I've had to sit with a young couple with their newborn in their arms dead. Had to try to comfort them and console them. I've been there. And it's not easy because you've got questions. But when you understand the goodness of God and you realize that all the suffering and the evil that we experience in this world is not from Him. Right. Amen. Again, we have a real devil. Amen. We live in a sinker's world and we have evil and ungodly people who are making bad choices for us. Amen. And so through my own experience, there was a time after a few months after my wife passed away, I had I, I stepped down from the pastor January 31st, 2021, found myself churchless and homeless. No, I wasn't living on the street, but I didn't have a home. We always lived in a parsonage. So I stayed with some friends. One morning I was, woke up, got ready to go to work, did my hospice job. As I was standing there, that thought, though, why? I never voiced it. I never questioned. I never blamed God. None of those things. But how many know sometimes that question can linger in the back of your mind? I think it's the enemy, to be honest with you. And so as I was thinking about that, Lord, why, why am I here? What am I doing here? I, I mean, I'm standing in my friend's kitchen. I don't have a home, a parsonage. I don't have a church anymore. What am I going to do now? And so the Lord brought me to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord. Lean not. Okay, so the Lord told me that me trying to question why in the natural and trying to figure it out in the natural was me leaning to my own understanding. You're depending on, on what you see and what you, only you perceive through the experience that you've gone through. Then he says, in all your ways, all your days, all your ways, good ways, bad ways, good times, high times, low times, mountain time, valley time. Huh? Acknowledge who? What, what do we do? How, how, how do we acknowledge him that he is good? That he is faithful. That he will never leave you nor forsake you. Hallelujah. That God is with you in the fire. God is with you in the lion's den. God is with you on the bed of sickness. Amen. He is right there for you. And so whenever that question came back to my mind, I said, okay, God, I'm going to acknowledge you. Hallelujah. And when I, when I did that, those questions left. That question, that lingering question left. Anytime it popped up, why, why, why? No, I'm acknowledging God. God, you're faithful. God, you're good. Lord, I, I rejoice in you. Amen. Because my wife is in heaven today. She's rejoicing. You're, you were good to her. Amen. She didn't suffer. I don't think she suffered a bit. She slept, but she didn't suffer. Amen. And, and she went on and she chose to go. You see, she answered Jesus' prayer. In John 17, 24, Jesus said, Father, I pray that those that you have given me will be where I am. Well, she's with him. She answered his prayer. Praise God. Amen. And yes, you see, we who are left behind, we hurt, we grieve. But those who have gone on, you know what? They're rejoicing. They really don't care what's going on down here. To be honest with you. Amen. And yes, 
I missed her. Yes, I went through all the grief like anybody would do. But you know what? I came to that conclusion in my mind that I am going to acknowledge God. I'm not going to live in the why. I'm going to live in the here and now. Amen. Knowing that His presence will go with me. Amen. You see, the enemy wants us to deceive us to think that God is somehow withholding from us. That's what he did to Adam and Eve in the garden. That's how he got them in deception. Thinking God is holding out on you. God's not really a good God. He's not giving you everything. Psalms 84, 11 says, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing. Will he withhold for those who walk uprightly? You see, God is not the one withholding. We're the ones not beholding. Okay, I will. Thank you. He is not the one withholding. We're the ones not beholding Him. Right? We're not beholding Him in His Word and who He truly is. John 1, 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. The word beheld means to view attentively. It means to contemplate. In other words, they didn't just glance and just, okay, oh, that's pretty good. Hey, there's Jesus. All right. That's the way we do God sometimes. Oh, there you are, God. Okay, see you later. Bye. No, they beheld him. Amen. It means to look at to learn. Jesus said, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. It also means to perceive, to perceive God in our hearts, in our minds. Moses asked God to show him his glory. And then a few years later, Jesus showed up. <laughs> Amen. Full of grace and truth. And so my point is this. If you want to have the right perception of God, look at Jesus. Stop viewing God through your experience. Stop listening to religion. It will kill you. It killed Jesus. Amen. Religion killed Jesus. But pastor, I need steps. <laughs> Step one. Step two. Step three. <laughs> Amen. Now listen, don't allow the voice of your bad times to speak louder than the truth of who God is. And that's what, that's what happens. We get our eyes on ourselves. We get our eyes on our circumstances and we allow that voice of bad times and the enemy that's going to use that, right, to speak louder than the truth of who God is. You get in the Word. You stay in the Word. Amen. You get it in an anointed Bible grace teaching church like River Rock. Amen. And you get in, get in there and you listen to the Word of God. You let it sink in your heart. You behold His glory. Amen. To trust God, a good God in bad times, you need not only a right perspective but a real relationship. <clears throat> Too many have a casual acquaintance of God. That's why they get bitter instead of better. They just have a casual acquaintance. Uh, they just know about God. They don't know Him intimately. Right? And so, they, therefore, they have no foundation. They have nothing to stand on. Right? But, but the foundation that I have is the revelation of Jesus and His goodness in my life. Don't wait for bad times to get that revelation. You, you need to be secured now in it. Don't wait until the storms of life hit. Amen. You get in the Word right now. That's what's wrong with people today, Christians. They, they wait until bad things happen. Then they run to the Word and want a quick fix. 
And then they wonder, well, God didn't do that for me. <laughs> what foundation do you have? Amen. Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith, it is impossible. That's right. It's impossible to please God. So that tells me faith is very important. Not just my works, not just my performance. It's my faith in who God is. He must what? For he who comes to God must believe that he is. That he is what? A rewarder. Is that what you're, is that? That's the new King James. Yeah, that's, that's what it says. That's not the clueless translation. He is a rewarder. Is, is rewards good? Does anybody like rewards? Uh-huh. Don't, don't y'all like, you know, at the end of the week or two weeks and, uh, uh, you know, when you get through with your job and, 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 and your work and, you know, you go up and you, and you get that paycheck, you get rewarded for your work. Y'all like that? But you see, they do it because of obligation. They do it because you put something in, right? But hallelujah, glory to God. You and I now, we are born again by the grace of God. It's not based on what we've done. It's based on what He's done and who we are in Him that now His goodness can flow into our life. He is a rewarder of those who seek Him. That word seek there is so important. I'm not seeking to get something from God. I'm seeking the one who's already given already given to me through Jesus Christ. I'm not seeking to get, I'm not just after God just to get the bounty and the benefits, but I understand that as I seek Him in relationship every day of my life, I, 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 I proclaim my dependence upon Him. God, I'm nothing without You. Apart from You, I can do nothing. I need You, Jesus, every day of my life. I need You. I'm seeking Him. I'm in His Word. I'm listening to worship, I'm listening to teaching, I'm seeking God. And through that relationship, amen, it's going to flow all the benefits, all the blessings that I need. Psalms 34.10 says the young lions lack and suffer, suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Hmm. So if you're lacking good, then you need to Check your seeker. Are you truly seeking God with all your heart? Amen? You see, I, I'm not seeking God to gain His approval. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not seeking God to get His acceptance. I'm not, I'm not seeking God to, to, to make myself worthy enough to receive His goodness. Amen? You see, that's another lie from the enemy. He tries to convince you that you are not good enough to receive the blessings of God. And so you got to do all these things. Let me ask you a question. How good do you have to be? I mean, which commandment can you just admit? Do I have to keep all of them? Or maybe just number five? If I just do number five, you know, just do one commandment, then God will give me just a little bit of blessing. If I do all of them, man, woo! Man, I'm going to be loaded, boy. No, it don't work like that. God don't grave on the curve. Amen. If you miss one point of the law, you miss the whole thing. It's not my goodness, it's His. It's not your goodness that attracts the goodness of God in your life. It's the Jesus in you that attracts the goodness of God in your life. Hallelujah. It's the, tell somebody, it's the Jesus in you. Amen. It's what He's done. It's what I believe in my heart. Praise God. Amen. Now here, you, maybe you've heard somebody say, Boy, you sure got it good, don't you? 
Man, you got that big old nice house up there on the mountain. You're driving that Mercedes Benz. Man, you're wearing all them, them uh, expensive clothes and suits. Boy, you must got it good. Anybody ever heard that expression before? You got it good? You're right, I do. I got it good. Amen. Praise God. Why? I've got life in that more abundantly. Amen. Because that's what my Jesus promised me. That's what my Father said that He would give me if I would just ask Him. Amen. I'm not being arrogant or prideful. It's not greed, as Jesse DePlanta says, it's growth. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. But you see, it's not anything I've done. I've got it good because He's in me. I've got it good because he died on the cross over 2,000 years ago and shed his blood and took the stripes upon his back for my healing. He rose again for my justification. Hallelujah. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession for me right now. You better believe I got it good. Amen. It doesn't matter what's going on out there. It doesn't matter what the bad times that I'm going through. Because you see, I'm not just looking out here. I'm looking in here and I see a good Jesus, amen, that lives on the inside of me, praise God. Every day of my life, he fills me with joy, amen. I said he puts a song in my mouth, amen. He puts a, he puts a step, praise God, in my feet, amen. He is the one that picked me up out of the miry clay. He dusted me off. He set me on a rock. He established my goings, praise God. He's the one that's been good to me. Mm, glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo. Mm. Somebody told me after the first session that I need to get the energy level up, so I'm trying. <laughs> Praise God. Listen, as you seek Him to know Him more, He will reveal Himself to you even more. Formulas will not get you through bad times, but a real relationship will. That's what you can depend on. To trust a good God in bad times, you need a radical expectation. Anybody here got a radical expectation? Man, I was riding down, I think it was, I can't remember, it was maybe yesterday, Friday, sometime. I was thinking, Lord, I just pray for expectation. I pray the people's expectation be so high, not in me, but in you, Lord. In what you are going to do, the word that you are going to bring. We need a radical expectation. You see, the problem is because, because we do have such great teaching here at this church. Great teaching at Karis Bible College. Wonderful. Fantastic. Amen. But the problem sometimes is that because we hear it so much, sometimes we become too familiar and we lose the wonder and the all of it. Come on. You see, the nature and the character of God is a subject that you can never exhaust. We should always stand in awe of who He is. And I guarantee that there were some people when I said, I'm going to talk about the goodness of God. I heard that before. You ain't ever heard it like this. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> but see, that lets me know you've lost the wonder. Somebody, I'm going to preach on the love of God. Oh, another message on the love of God. My gosh. How many messages we got to hear on grace? How many messages we got to hear on love? You've lost the wonder. You see, when somebody announces that, man, you'll be able to edge your seat. Saying, come on, Jesus. Speak to me. Hallelujah. I need it. Praise God. You see, we, we, we sometimes as believers, we have spiritual dementia. We forget. 
about who God is. We forget about the one who brought us through the last time. We forget about the one who answered our prayer. We forget about the one who brought us through the storm of life. We forget. Amen, that's right. And so when the next one comes, where we're at, we're right back. Just despair, nagging old me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I have no luck at all. Ooh, despair and agony on me. Now, you young people, you don't know that. Old people, you know that. That's a famous hymn from Hee Haw. <laughs> Come on. We need an expectation. Praise God. It should bring joy and amazement into your heart. When we get ready to worship God and Jeremy and the team gets up here and they're ready, they prepared. Man, it's a, yes, it's time to worship. We get to tell God how great He is. We get to tell God how good He is. Hallelujah. Amen. We're excited. Amen. Glory. When the saints come dragging in. Oh, when the saints come dragging in. No. It's when the saints come marching in. Come on now. Ready to worship. Hearts prepared. Minds ready to receive from God. Why? Because we get to hear and sing about an awesome God who's been good to us all week long. Amen. Praise God. Woo. Second Chronicles 6.41 says, Now therefore arise, O Lord, to your resting place, you and the ark of your strength. Let your priest, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation. Any priest in here? Let your saints, any saints, rejoice in His goodness. Mm. Rejoice. Now, brother, you know I can't be rejoicing right now. Have you seen the gas prices? <laughs> Have you seen who's in the White House? How are we going to rejoice? You don't live with my mother-in-law. How do you how, how do you expect me to rejoice? Huh? And so we go through all these things. Well, this is happening, that's happening. No, he said, if you're a saint, if you if you've been clothed with salvation, if nothing more, get up and say, Thank you, Jesus, that I am saved today. Thank you, I'm born again. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. I got joy in my heart. Amen. Amen. If nothing else, thank him, Lord. Even if I should go today, I'm going to see you. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Rejoice in his goodness. Hallelujah. You just don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm facing. You don't know my trials, my troubles, my cares. You don't know the grief and the loss and the pain that I've been through. You, if you just knew, I'm not going to waller with you in your self-pity. That's not what I'm called to do. I'm called to lift you up. I'm called to build you up. I'm called to encourage you, amen, to strengthen the hands that hang down, amen, to strengthen the knees that are feeble and weak, amen. I'm here to grab you by your hand and say, come on, honey, let's go. Let's go to the house of God with joy and with praise. Hallelujah. Let's praise him for who he is. Hallelujah. But, you know, most people, you know, like, yeah, brother, I understand what you've been going through. I've been going through the same thing. Glory to praise his holy name. Hallelujah. I know what you're going through. That, that's why we do it. 
think the Holy Ghost touched his giggle box. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? Every morning when you wake up, how many woke up this morning? Everybody better raise your hand. You woke up. Were you breathing? Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Were you able to slide your feet over the bed and put your feet on the ground and step and get up? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Were you able to walk to the kitchen and turn on the coffee? Well, thank God for coffee. Hallelujah. I think I need two more cups. Amen. You opened the fridge, pulled out that slab of bacon. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, I'm not under the law. Thank you for that bacon sizzling. Mm. I can smell it now, can't you? Thank you for your goodness in my life. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Listen, we should never lose the wonder of God's goodness because once you lose the wonder, you lose the expectation. You lose the expectation. Psalms 107.9 says, For He satisfies the longing soul. He fills the hungry soul with goodness. The longing soul, the hungry soul, stand in awe and are expecting the goodness of God. David said in Psalms 27, 13, I would have lost heart. I would have given up. I would have quit. I would have thrown in a towel. But I believed I would see the goodness of God. So it is the goodness of God that is the cure to your depression, to your discouragement, to your sadness, to your sorrow. It is the goodness of God that's going to lift you up above those things. Set your feet upon that rock, which is Jesus. It says the goodness of God. He was expecting. He was expecting to see God's goodness. Let me ask you a question. What are you expecting? What are you expecting this morning? What were you expecting when you got out of bed? Every morning, what are you expecting? There's going to be another day. Another day, another dollar, praise God. <laughs> got to go to work. I got to work two jobs, just put gas in the tank. <laughs> I probably have to go by and get blood, too. <laughs> Amen. I'm expecting to see God show up. I'm expecting His goodness in my life in every situation. It doesn't matter how bad it gets or how bad I think it is or what's going on in our world or in our government or the gas prices. I expect when I put that nozzle into my tank, amen, that God fills up my tank. I'm expecting His goodness. I like Nehemiah 9.25. It's becoming one of my favorite verses. Nehemiah? Yeah, it's in the Old Testament. And they took strong cities and a rich land, possessed house full of all goods. Woo! Wouldn't you like that, ladies? Just to walk in the house and it's already decorated, already full of stuff. I mean, all the pictures and the little knickknacks, all the stuff you want. I mean, full! Somebody say full Full. of all goods. Oh, I'm about to get Pentecostal. Hallelujah. Sinisters already dug vineyards, olive groves, fruit trees in abundance. So they ate and were filled. I love this part. Grew fat. Woo! Covered that guy. Mm. How many like that? Goodbye, keto. Hello, carbs. Woo! Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. Grew fat. 
and delighted themselves in great goodness. You know what that word delight means in the Hebrew? Voluptuously. I'm not talking about body types. I ain't going there. All right? Voluptuously. It, doesn't, it, it, it talks about luxurious. Ah, la, yes. Lavished. Houses lavishly decorated. House full of all the good things. Amen. I like to use the term, I'm sitting in the lap of luxury. <laughs> Why? Because he's God. You don't, to, you, don't to, you see, the problem is with people today, especially those who don't believe in prosperity, is, is they get offended at the prosperity message. Don't be ashamed of God's goodness in your life. Don't you dare bow your head and say, well, you know, God blessed me with a new car. Hallelujah. No, raise your head up. Square your shoulders. Stick out your chest and say, my God did this. My God blessed me with a new car. My God paid my bill this week. Hallelujah. My God paid my school bill. My God, don't you be ashamed of God's blessings and God's goodness in your life. Just because somebody don't believe, it doesn't mean it's not true. Amen. He is faithful. Praise God. Listen, one way to avoid losing our wonder and awe for God is simply being thankful. Just constantly thank the Lord. Psalms 107.15, all that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness, for His wonderful works to the children of men. Thankfulness is the seedbed of expectation. The more you're thankful, the higher the level your expectation is going to be. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Amen. Praise God. Psalms 23.6. Come here, you two right there, goodness and mercy. Y'all look like goodness and mercy. Okay, I'll stand right there. Surely! Who's that? No, it's in the Bible. Surely. <laughs> Look, somebody say, are you sure? I think about that old Dietrich commercial, raise your hands if you're sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Anybody here sure? Surely, that word is a, is a restrictive force. And, it, and, and it, it emphasizes what is about to follow. Surely. Not maybe. Not if you've done enough stuff. Huh? <clears throat> not, if, not if everything is just in order. Surely, goodness and mercy, come on, goodness and mercy, will follow me all the days of my life. Yeah, he's back. Praise God. Goodness and mercy will follow me. You see, that word follow means to chase. It means to run down. Even if I run ahead of God, Or maybe I take a wrong turn. Oh, there's still the goodness and mercy. Oh, thank you. Maybe, maybe if I stumble and goodness and mercy, Woo. glory, goodness and mercy, follow me all the days, days of my life. What days? Good days, bad days, sad days, glad days. Amen. You know, now, every once in a while. A problem is going to come up. Come here, problem child. <laughs> so we got problem, trials, tribulations. So I'm, I'm going about my business. I'm seeking God. I'm loving God. And look, where's the problem? Right? Where's the problem? I'm just, keep going, keep going. So here's, here's problem shows up. Come here, John. Yeah, you're double trouble. 
right. Now I got double trouble. Okay. Not just one, but now I got two. Good. I'm, I'm one. I see. Goodness and mercy. I said, goodness and mercy. Follow me all the days of my life, wherever I go. Now, the problem and trouble might still be there, but you know what? Goodness and mercy. <laughs> Woo-wee. Now, back up. Goodness and mercy. Come here, troubles. Now, some folks are like this. Y'all just hang on right there. No, y'all get behind me. How many heard people say this? Well, brother, I want to tell you, every time I turn around, all I see is... What are you expecting? Every time I turn around, I got another bill. Every time I turn around, the car breaks down. Every time I turn around, something else happens. Amen. It's always, ooh, despair and agony on me. Right? Every time I turn around, amen, there is nothing but trouble. But you see, we got to get to the point where we live in an expectation and thankfulness that every time I turn around, woo, thank you. Hallelujah. Goodness and mercy is right there behind me. Every time I turn around, God is blessing me. Every time I turn around, God is paying off my bills. Every time I turn around, God is touching my body. Every time I turn around, God is giving me supernatural strength to face whatever comes my way. Woo, why? I got goodness and mercy. Now, some people say, well, 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 why does it follow you? Huh? Because God wants you to know he's got your back. Remember, Moses, God showed his what? He showed his backside. God said, I got your back. Amen. And goodness and mercy is pursuing me. But you see, once it catches me, and it does, right? You know what? It's still there. It doesn't ever run out. It, it keeps pursuing me. All the days of my life. It's always there. Amen. Praise God. Yeah, see, I got, oh, goodness, oh, thank goodness and mercy. Follow me all the days of my life. Woo! Amen. But, but you see, here's the thing. I don't stop pursuing God. Thank you, I don't be seated. When I met Lisa, amen, Lisa here, you know, she, she's been through some bad times. She lost her husband in 2018. Suddenly, a vow in his heart erupted instantly, home with Jesus. Happened at the school. But you see, that, that was just the devil. Because the devil was trying, was trying his best to, to convince people God's not good. That's right. Amen. And, and that's what, what that, he, he wants you to get in doubt and unbelief. Right. right? And so all these things happen because of the enemies attacking you, your, your life. Amen? Amen? But you see, she stood strong. And what I love about this lady, one of the things I love about this lady is the fact that she was here, she, they just got here a month before, right? Been married 26 years. Sold their house in Texas, moved here three years of school. And now her husband's gone. She very easily, and nobody would have blamed her to go back to Texas and to be with her family. Nobody would have blamed her. Nobody would have judged her. In fact, a lot of people, that's what they would have done. Become bitter at God. God, you sent us here to school, and now you let my husband die? I ain't serving a God like that. But because she had the foundation of the goodness of God in her life, she said, God didn't just call Chris. He called me too. And I'm going to fulfill that call. 
You know what she did? She took that and rubbed it in the devil's nose. Take that, devil. You thought you were going to cause me to flee and run and go back home and not fulfill my calling? I've got news for you, son. You need to put the devil on notice today. No matter what you do or what you say, I'm going to serve my God. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. Why? Goodness and mercy is always behind me. Praise God. Amen. Tell somebody goodness and mercy are following you right now. Praise God. Will you stand with me? I like to preach more, but my time's up. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I gave this word the first service, and I believe it's for this service because we all are part of the body of Christ here at River Rock, whether you come first or second, right? All of us. And the Lord gave, gave this word that there are people here who, who's wanting to start a business or has a business right now. Anybody want to start a business or has a business? You need to start right now building the foundation of the goodness of God in your business. That no matter what happens in your business, no matter what comes or what goes, it's the goodness of God that's going to see you through. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You know why? Because God is raising up an army in this third awakening. He needs people in business who have a heart for Him, who's not intimidated by the world or by the devil. He needs you. Amen. And, and yes, it is for you to bless you, yourself and your family. But God knows your heart that you are faithful to be a giver. And God knows that. And He's going to bless you with finances more than enough. I said more than enough to meet your need, but also to bless the kingdom of God. So you've got to walk in that. You've got to expect that goodness in your life. You've got to keep that relationship real with God and have the right perspective. Amen. And I believe that. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless every person here right now, Lord, that's starting a business or is involved right now. Father, we just ask or your grace, your prosperity, Lord, the resources to flow into their life and to their business, that, Lord, they'll be at the right place, at the right time, with the right connections. Lord, we receive that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give God some praise. Let's worship. I was sitting in back there and... Uh, the Holy Spirit was showing me that you hear, you see, and you know. You hear everything throughout your day. You know everything throughout your day. You see through everything out your day. As long as you keep that Holy Spirit within you, you will hear those things throughout your day. Um, I just wanted to share with you this morning, I was getting ready to come here, and I... I, I had this goop in my eyes in the spirit and the Lord was telling me to take the goop out of my eyes and to see the character of Jesus. <clears throat> and, and, you know, the goop is the religion and the fear and the cares of this world. And when we were in worship, um, I, he, the Lord told me um, that there are people that are really stressed out about taxes, taxes that they owe. And um, to get the goop out of your eyes and see Jesus and specifically um, the miracle of the coin in the fish's mouth and 
um, you know, he's, the Lord said, take um, throughout your line, take the first fish you catch, open its mouth, and you will find um, the coin and take it and give it to them for my taxes and yours. So, <coughs> excuse me, to really be, uh, you know, looking to him for miraculous provision for this. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I just feel the Lord want to encourage me, want, want to encourage you today, especially if you have prodigal sons and daughters, that he haven't forget about you. And in Malachi, it says he's restoring the sons to their father. And your son and daughter may be out there and don't want nothing to do with you because of your, your Christian stand, but God is faithful. You know, I just got back from from um, California, my son's birthday. And I'm telling you, God, since last year, God is just restoring my, my sons back to me with good relationship. And I just want to encourage you that don't give up. God is for you. And he's, he's fighting for you. Good, good, mercy, good, good <laughs> mercy and goodness is with you. <laughs> so, so don't don't feel like God forget you. No, mercy and goodness is there chasing after your boys and your girls. So I just want to pray for some of you. I just want you to lift your hand. If you have prodigal sons and daughters, let me see your hands. Please. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, I just pray for them, the fathers and the mothers today. I just pray that you just strengthen them and encourage them, Lord. I just pray that you show them ways to connect with their children. And Lord, I pray there people there that you have will connect to them and, and know what to say. I pray, Father God, that they will you use media, whatever, to get them back home. Father, I thank you this week that some of boys and girls, somebody will get a call from a son or a daughter this week in the name of Jesus. So, Father, we thank you and we praise you. We love you. Amen.